0: Doing what is good, you don't need to have a lot of money. It should be then your heart. You don't have yes. to to own wealth, filling this whole world to make a difference. You can just start from where you are. Look around. What is that thing in your heart? That could be a game changer. That small thing you have, it may not be money, but maybe someone just needs someone to talk to.
1: Hello, I'm Paul Munier, the Executive Director of the Youth Intervention Programs Association, and I'm a youth worker at heart. How lucky am I? I have the privilege to meet youth workers from around the globe and learn their stories and share them with the entire world. I'm glad you're listening because together we'll learn how their life experiences shape their youth work. As you listen, I encourage you to consider how your experiences shape what you have to offer young people. Welcome to this edition of The Passionate Youth Worker. Hi, everybody. For this episode, we're joined by Angel Pearl Dilemma from Kampala, Uganda. She is deeply passionate about our young people and community transformation, so much that she has forgone her own pursuits to focus on helping others. Due to the overwhelming needs within her community, she founded and now runs a community-based organization called Dewey Stronger Communities. Angel, thanks for being a guest on The Passionate Youth Worker.
0: Welcome, sir. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to be here share my story with the world.
1: I've interviewed a lot of amazing people for the show, and I keep thinking no one can be more inspirational than the last guest, but it always happens, and you're an example of that. Just having the opportunity to interview people like you gives me hope in humanity. Angel, your childhood was full of deep trauma, yet you persevered and now you're thriving and helping and giving back. Let's start this show by talking about your early years. I know you lost both of your parents when you were very young. Can you tell me a little bit about your mom and dad?
0: Thank you so much, Mr. Paul, for the opportunity. Well, about my mom and dad, I come from a polygamous family. My father had four wives in one house. So he gave birth to 12 children of us and two boys, 10 girls. I happen to be the third born. So more about my childhood. Three of the mothers died, including my mother. Mine died when I was 10 years. And later, my father also died when I was 15. So we have one surviving mother, the one you would call her stepmother. She shared with me something. I didn't know that. When my father was still alive and my mother, the father used to keep them in the same house with a lot of torture, beating them up, plus all of us, the children. Hmm. So my mother decided to divorce my, my father and moved away from his home went and started living on her own, did her own businesses, and that angered him a lot. So he, he transferred the anger to me, the child. So he would beat me up, I become unconscious, I bleed, and he didn't care. So one day, my auntie had come to visit him at our home, and she phoned me in that said so. She chose to take me away from my father. So that's it a little bit about my child.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you have witnessed and seen so many things in your life. And so many things happened when you were younger. I'm wondering about your dad and his abusiveness. Where did that come from? Do you have any idea? Was it common for men to be aggressive in your community or Do you think he was angry at your mom or you? Or what caused him to have so much anger, do you think?
0: I relate from what my stepmother told me. She told me about five years ago that my father was naturally easily angered. And so he could beat up all the women in the house, the four women, plus all the children. So personally, I think that first of all, all my mothers were psychologically tortured to be put in the same house. That is one. So maybe they had different misunderstandings. Imagine being, submitting to the same husband in the same house. Four of you, that only is psychologically torturing someone's child. And then I think it could be due to poverty. Poverty brings a lot of frustration. Now they have 12 children, four women, all of them have needs probably at the same time. And you don't have, so you you fight back by being rude and aggressive and start beating them up. I think that's one of them, or maybe it was his nature. Here in Africa, we have a belief that parents don't make mistakes. So you can't caution an elder about anything. So whatever they do is presumed to be the best for you of which now at my age and with the enlightenment I have, I don't believe in it. It is totally wrong because the things that they do cause deeper damages on our lives and they live with us forever if God doesn't help you.
1: That's amazing that you are able to come out of an environment like that, wanting to help other people, wanting to give back, seeing that the world can be more kind and more safe for young people. Where did that inspiration to help other people come from? How are you so passionate about giving back to other people, Angel?
0: One, it's inherently born in me. Like ever since I was young, I wanted to be different and to make people feel better. I wanted to be the change maker so i don't struggle i look for it to being passionate to making a difference like it's part of me i can't find it it's, i don't struggle to find it i don't struggle to wake up that today's man i have to go and help someone no i wake up happy excited about each and every day cool then number two the social problems around here are too many some i realize that somebody has got to do something and then if not me then who Because in life, each one of us wants to be where it is more comfortable. So if all of us run away from where there is more need, then who solve the problem? Because whenever there is a need, there is an opportunity. So it it, it depends on how you view it, which angle you're viewing it from. If there, there are too many challenges there, there is such a huge opportunity. Find it.
1: That is what I find so absolutely inspirational about you is we all want to be that person that can go out and try to make the world a better place. We all want somebody to do what you're doing, but very few of us are willing to do that. But you are. You're willing to give up some of your own personal interests or hobbies or things you'd like to pursue Because if you don't do it, then who else will? And that is just amazing. I'm wondering, does your faith in God and religion, does that give you a lot of strength too? I know that's an important part of your world.
0: Absolutely. One, I believe I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. I believe in Jesus and in what he does. So we believe in Christianity that God gave us his best, his son. He didn't give because he had so many children. The Bible says he gave us his only begotten son. That's in John 3, 16 plus. He gave us the best he had. So always I have in the back of my mind that what have I got? I've got the opportunity. I've got exposed. I've got the skills. Why not go back to my village and use the same skills? to make somebody's life better. Yes, so whoever goes to school wants to live a better life, have a better family, establish themselves, buy cars, that's all good. That's, those are the rewards of the earth. Yes, I need them. But what if nobody goes back down on the ground to do something that yes. is in my heart? What if I die with this in my heart? What if that's one of the reasons as to why I was created and I don't do it. Anyone can can create a comfortable life life for themselves, but who will go out to create it for the other? So I did.
1: That is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I know sometimes it takes people in our world to get us on the right track. I know Mm -hmm. your auntie played a big part in your life. She kept you safe. Can you talk about your auntie a little bit? And Mm. kind of talk about how important one person like your auntie can be in someone's life.
0: I see my auntie as a game changer for me. Yes. One, there are so many effects of child abuse, physical abuse. What if I continue staying there and my father beat me up and I died? They will just bury me. Remember, in Africa, they don't question parents. You just say she died. So the thing is, I celebrate my auntie as one of my life friends. And I believe that doing what is good, you don't need to have a lot of money. It should be there in your heart. You don't have yes. to, to own wealth, feeling this whole world to make a difference. You can just start from where you are. Look around. What is that thing in your heart? That could be a game changer. That small thing you have, it may not be money, but maybe someone just needs someone to talk to. Maybe at that point, I just needed someone to put me in their safer hands. So each one of us needs that person, or they, each one of us needs to be that person to someone else, because that's how I was. Remember, my father didn't want me to connect with my biological mother after divorce them having a divorce and i only got to to know my my biological mother when i was eight and unfortunately died when i was 10
1: your auntie was a game changer for you and now yeah. you're a game changer for other young people when you were with your auntie and she kept you safe took you out of that bad environment where your father was abusive Did you think someday, I want to be like my auntie. I want to help other people when I get older.
0: Yes. For me, ever since I was a child, I wanted to live a different life because I remember here in Africa where I grew up, we see more people who have lost it in life than people who have succeeded. So I used to see my children, friends, getting into teenage pregnancies doping out of school, dying due to abortion that because they were not ready for a pregnancy and anyway they happened. So all those are drivers for me to, to make up my mind like, no way, no way. I want to do what is right. I want to be different. No matter what the cost, I want to pay that cost and be different. Because if I'm in a better place, I'll be in position to give a hand to someone who is gloomy. But if I'm like them, then I'm not going to make a difference because she'll be having the same problem. All of us singing one song, life is impossible, life is impossible. So I want to go to the other end, get empowered, get all the skills and the resources, then come back down there and make it happen together with those who believe that things are not possible.
1: Your auntie played a big role, kept you safe. Yeah. Um, education played a big role too. You went on, sure. you have a degree in social work. It gave mm-hmm. you the skills, the knowledge that you needed to kind of tackle some of these big things that you want to do. How important yes. was your education to your development
0: into a strong woman? Oh, one of the most valuable assets I have or I've ever had in my life is education. Ever since when I was a child, uh, what used to make me cry is waking up to a fact that I'm not in school. That could make me cry. I could Mm -hmm. see some children going to school and that could tear my heart apart. Like I long to be educated uh, to the extent that, yes, my aunt was only able to take me to school through primary and wasn't able to support me beyond that. I stayed in the world for four years without going to school, but I was working such that I could sustain myself plus my siblings back in the village. I had a lot of hope that uh, I would go back to school. I wanted to be in a professional world. So in those four years, I was abstaining from sex. In those four years, I was focused working. I never slept around. Because I knew that I I belonged to the educated class. I didn't want to to be a victim of teenage pregnancies and doing things which are unworthy. So I was trying to keep myself staying focused to ensure that the opportunity finds me when I'm on the right track. And after four years, it came on my one. That's how I was able to go back to school. Just a good Samaritan chose to take me back to school, just like that, because I was still focused
1: on my work. Your drive is so clear. You had such a vision and such a, an idea of where you wanted to go and you sacrificed so much because you had that opportunity and you grabbed that opportunity and you made the best of it that you could. Angel, we're halfway through our interview already, so we have to take a short break, but when we come back I want to talk to you a little bit more about the youth in your community and what you're doing to help them. So we'll be right back after this short break. No matter how you support our young people, the Professional Youth Worker powered by Yippa has your training and learning needs covered. Visit training.yippa.org. that's training.yipa.org, to see for yourself and then join the thousands of youth workers around the globe who learn from our easy-to-access, exceptional trainings. From our blogs to our podcast, the Professional Youth Worker is your go-to resource for tools to help you keep going, keep learning, and keep growing. Members enjoy free, unlimited access to live online and on demand trainings and a preferred discount pricing for our one of a kind certificate course. Annual memberships are ridiculously affordable for individuals and organizations. Visit training.yipa.org today to learn more. That's training.yipa.org. Angel, right before the break, you were talking about how important education was and your drive to help other people. When you got your degree and you are in your village and you look around and you see the needs are so great, somehow you said, I'm going to start an organization that can address some of these things. Did you know exactly what you wanted to do or did you just know I wanted to help or did you know like what steps you wanted to take?
0: First, to be on record, I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, what I did when the time reached I went back to to the ground with the questionnaires because I wanted to do a needs assessment yes I knew what I wanted to do but I wanted to be sure that what I wanted to do is what was needed in the community right so I went through the leaders and the local people and the potential beneficiaries and I did a needs assessment then I was able to compile a report then i set up an organization reaching out to vulnerable children youths and women in rural areas why the rural areas because there are no or there are very limited opportunities for them to thrive whoever gets an opportunity they want to run away to the city to start their own lives and live better and be there and prosper and leave those people there when they are Neglected, like people are not so concerned. For example, ever since the world existed in our community, we've never got electricity. We don't have services like electricity, wow. uh, water systems, nothing's there. The people are there, grown up in chronic poverty. People, instead of thriving in good health, what they are thriving in poverty, they've been that for generations in our whole parish of 80 villages. We don't have any secondary school. So if a child ever makes it beyond primary, then you have to take them out of the community to look for a secondary school. Then there is no way. There is a high rate of school dropouts. It should stop. It should stop.
1: So you surveyed, you figured out what you needed to do, and you put action towards it. You didn't just talk. You took the steps, you did what you needed to do, and now you're making a difference in people's lives. It's so admirable that you have such a passion and drive and so much strength. I just can feel your strength coming through and confidence. But I want to talk about the kids a little bit, the young people. What are some of the stressors that young people in your village are facing now? What are the obstacles that they have to developing into... Healthy adults, what are some of the stressors you're helping them with?
0: Okay, one Nelson Mandela say that education is the greatest tool you can use to transform the world. So the higher illiteracy rates are, like the rate of illiteracy is too high than the rate of literacy. So we realized that there, there was a wider gap in education. And once children are not educated, Of course, there will be higher gaps in employment. So it creates a higher unemployment rate. And then we serve communities which come from a history of chronic poverty. So once kids drop out of school, they will join drug abuse. Hmm. Teenage pregnancy will be obvious and the cycle continues. So we wanted to break it. We wanted them to involve in positive engagement. That's why we do Child sponsorships in education, we skill the young people to ensure that they start their own jobs or they get employability skills. And then we engage the kids into dance activities to keep them in a positive way, to keep them happy in the community. And then we, we have a program whereby we give out livestock to families because we are in a family setting. People have land; they can do rearing at home. So when they sell the animals, they can restock. When the animal produces, then we give that offspring to another family. And then you are able to to have money for your best needs when you you sell them. What
1: lessons have you learned about yourself, Angel, taking on this big, audacious goal of starting this organization, Mm -hmm. trying to make your community and the world a better place? What have you learned about yourself? What lessons have you been taught?
0: Yeah, thank you. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from myself is that sometimes someone who is vulnerable just needs one step ahead and you are that stepping stone. Would you choose to be that stepping stone for that person? If you say yes, you'll be amazed at the results in most cases. Because imagine a kid like me somewhere in the village struggling, wants to be educated, passionate about a better life, but there's no way when they look around, almost everyone around them is a failure. They gave up on life. They believe everything is so hard and impossible. So a kid like me somewhere needs someone to hold their hand and say, it's possible. You can make it. I'm here, look at me, I'll help you reach that. So I only got that through My aunt who rescued me from my father. I only got that from someone who took me back to school after he had found out that I had dropped out of school for four years. He gave me hope. Someone who took me through secondary, someone who took me through university. I'm the only person beyond primary level in my whole family. And I'm the only person having a degree. All of my siblings dropped out at primary level and lower secondary. So. I took it upon myself to make a difference because after all, there was no any organization in my community. So five years back, then we started there and we are still running. So if not me, then who?
1: I think that's one of the universal things that we've learned in doing this show is no matter where you are in this world, one person can make a difference and be that stepping stone And what a world it would be if every young person had just that one person in their world that was willing to do what you're willing to do for others, because it would change everything about humanity and the existence that we all have collectively together. We're getting low on time, but I have one more question I want to ask you. What is the best advice somebody has ever given you? What things that people said to you that you've really just took to heart and said they were right that was really good advice
0: I've had uh, people who have supported me and I have people who have looked in my eyes and said we believe in you we believe in what you do and we can't wait to see a brighter future ahead of you
1: wow to have somebody say something like that to you is so reassuring and isn't it sad angel that so many young people never hear that message
0: it's sad because maybe because of the communities the cultures around them they pay more attention to what has gone wrong than a little that has gone right for example out of our family we are 12 no one else made it beyond so Everyone else is going to focus on what has failed. But okay, we have one successful story. How about when we bless God for this? And we encourage more children to live positively.
1: I am so grateful for you being in the world and being able to take the trauma that you endured as a young person and to somehow rise above that in such an amazing sort of way to not only just survive, you are truly thriving and functioning at such a high level and doing so many things that other people would be afraid or unwilling to try. I am just grateful for what you're doing for all the young people in your community in Uganda in general. Thank you for thank doing you. what you do. And thank
0: you for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much, Ipa, for giving me such a golden platform, to be part of this, May a place to bless you and forever grateful.
1: Before we go, Angel, can you summarize what words of wisdom or inspiration you'd like to leave with others?
0: What I'd love to share with the rest of the world, it's about us who are in Africa. The thing is that we've got so much potential beyond your imagination we've got to know, or if we've got we've got very limited opportunities for us to thrive, will you give us a chance? Give us a chance to, for us to show you what we are capable, of, and you may be so surprised about the results, yeah.
1: If you would like to share your passion for youth work, we'd love to spotlight you as a guest If you have feedback about the show, please let us know. Just visit training.yipa.org, that's training.yipa.org, and click on the podcast tab. This podcast is made possible in part due to a generous contribution from M Health Fairview. I'm your host, Paul Minear. Thanks for listening to The Passionate Youth Worker.